This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason. What's going on? What do you have for us today? Hey, John. Well, this is like a uh, rather unique um, instance of Comic comics Picks by the Glick because, you know, I don't think I'd be doing this if it wasn't for you and Myron. Oh, and by the way, hey, Myron, how's it going? Jason, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing doing pretty good. Cause, Thanks you know, for hey, having we're, me on. Oh, always a pleasure, man. It's like, I value your input, I value your John's as well. Because, hey, this is like the uh, rare thing where we all get to talk about, you know, one thing, which is, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Yeah, something something I never expected to hear, see, or read about. Uh, so, very interesting. So, just full disclosure for you guys. Um, I've never read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original comics. I don't read any of those. I have seen some animated stuff. And I've seen uh, maybe the first movie or something like that. But so, but I don't think that um, there was a high bar to entry to reading this, quite honestly. So it was, and, and that's not a bad thing per se. It's just like, there's some, there's some things that I'm automatically familiar with. But there are things that I was not familiar with. And I'll just say that straight out, just kind of so it's kind of like full disclosure. This is where I sit with it. And I'll definitely let you guys know that as we go along today. Yeah, it's like this is kind of like um, basically like set up as like the very last um, Ninja, Tur Ninja Turtles story. It's like and it's based on a story that um, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird um, came up with um, way back, way back in the day. But, you know, as far as like. While we're sitting out our like our seeking out our like our Ninja Turtles experience here is like I mean I was into Ninja Turtles back in way back in the day like from the from the uh, original animated series and the uh, first first two movies as as well I didn't actually like you know start reading you know Ninja Turtles comics proper until um you know like the uh, the IDW series that um that series co-creator Kevin Eastman also had a had a head in and I really liked even though it's like I kind of fell off at a certain point when because it was I was buying it digitally and I just kind of like oh okay I, I'm reading this and you know like I don't in because I was reading it digitally it's like I just kind of like I lost like lost track of it after like after, after a certain point which not because it's bad not because it was bad it's like I really did enjoy it but you know I just it's just a kind of like a case of digital being out of sight out of mind but I but I did enjoy it, and it's like, and I also picked up the, uh, it's like the ultimate first one of the ultimate collection, like a little while ago when Amazon was running one of their buy two get one free sales. It's like recently, and yeah, I did get the whole, um, I I did get the last Ronin. It's like pick up the last Ronin in the Tarkover format because you know when I heard that you know John and mine were like we we're actually like you know tracking it down in terms of single issues i figured hey wait a second we can probably do this as, as a guy as a podcast thing so hey and here we are and you know it's like and here here it is like but you know like myron's like you have anything to add about um your your issue with the, with the turtles or just to refresh the audience and all i mean obviously like all of us who were children in the 80s have had that exposure to turtles based off of that you know based off the cartoon series um you know i i remember um, and, and I've talked to John about this in the past. It's like, you know, uh, Transformers were like the, you know, the hot toy, the hot, the hot franchise back in the early eighties. And then, you know, I remember seeing commercials for these, you know, turtle action figures and like, they're pretty cool. And then of course the cartoon series came out 
fell in love with the cartoon series and then we got exposed to the live action movie and it wasn't until like you jason like it wasn't until you know i was a little older probably like eighth grade ninth grade time frame where i realized that the turtles were actually based off of a you know a independent you know comic book and they were way more it was way more gritty way more violent than what we were exposed to and so like i i've read a couple you know of the black and white uh, comic books back in uh high school when i got really into comic book collecting um and so i kind of got that back end exposure like wow these these aren't my turtles but this is cool um and then of course like when it comes to comic book collecting i'm mostly you know mostly collect spider-man books but um it wasn't until recent recent years when i you know visit my local comic book store where like i would hear buzz about jenica the the fifth turtle in the idw series and i'm like man what's going on with turtles right now so i picked up a couple and kind of you know got a little background on what's going on with the turtles in this day and age and then of course like the buzz behind this last ronin book about to come out was like huge and i know like i missed I missed the initial launch because the book like sold like hotcakes and I ended up having to order, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I ended up ordering issue one off of eBay for like 20 bucks. And so um, obviously as we continue on with the discussion, um, you know, after reading that first issue, I was like, man, like this is a, this is a crazy concept. Like it's a crazy dark concept for, you know, uh, a, a franchise I'm known for, for teenagers joking and eating pizza and getting into goofy adventures like this is a darker storyline and so like after finishing uh this book like i said you know uh coming from comic-con yesterday you know my my fandom of the turtles kind of got a little bit of a reignition where i bought some figures and you know uh really into like what's going on with the turtle comic books right now to where like i'm starting to keep them in my radar a little bit more yeah it's like and like with it's like you know with the the uh it's like with with the last ronin it's like they were like um like kevin easton and peter laird like this is actually like a, a storyline that they came up with like like closer to like the origin like the uh the early days of Tur turtles publishing and it's also in the deck draws like even more inspiration from frank miller it's like than the original con concept does because i mean they they like um Eastman and Laird basically talked about how this the series like owes a lot to like you know like Miller it's like um Miller and Cur and Jack Kirby it's like and um it's like and the last and the last Ronin it's basically kind of like you know like their their take on you know the the Dark Knight Returns it's like you know the uh, it's like because like if you're not familiar with it like the Dark Knight Returns is basically Frank Miller's seminal Batman story basically a story of Batman who you know like who would basically like retired from like his superhero career and then saw that you know like things weren't getting better in his absence and then came back to be batman and then like everything goes goes wrong it's like after it's like it's like after after he after he returns um it's like the uh like the last ronin does draw a lot of inspiration from that it's also also um, like special in the sense that you know when it was initially announced, this is like the first turtle story in like decades that um, series co-creators Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were um, reported to have like collaborated on because it's like like um, for what I for what I um, for what I was like, led to understand from like looking things up on the internet, it's like they uh, eventually had a had a falling out. It's like over the uh, direct 
like it's like over the direction of the the, the franchise in like in the mid, mid to late 90s basically it's like when i like you know laird basically kind of viewed the uh the franchise as like kind of like a one in a million shot you know we got lucky man and it's like you know we need to like you know guard this with our lives and eastman was basically like no man it's like this city succeeded because you know because of us man it's like so we can do whatever we we want in terms of like you know doing going forward and eventually it's like it led to um laird buying um east eastman's share out and then then eventually having a falling out over the direction of the franchise like with the uh the next mutation um show specifically with the like the uh creation of like the first um female ninja turtle venus and eventually it's like you know it's like they uh it's like um laird basically wound up like selling their like like selling these selling the rights to the to the to the franchise to to Nickelodeon, who you know I guess you can say like they've actually done a pretty good job of managing things to this point, where it's like it's had several um, animated series um like incarnations and a couple like um like um feature film adaptations. It's like as well. It's like with another one another one forthcoming, courtesy courtesy of Seth Rogen. But you know it's like when but and apparently like they hadn't actually like you know got been in the same room for like a while until um netflix's um the toys that made a series actually got them together and like you know kind of prompted some kind of like reconciliation between between the two so when it was announced that you know it was like eastman and laird they're doing like you know hey the last drone in you kind of you get some kind of like expectations right right there and also like the uh it's like the uh, the cover of like the hardcover version basically has Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird in big bold letters like at the top of the credits, and then a bunch of other dudes like at the bottom. But you know, if you look at the uh, actual credits page, well, it tells kind of a different story because actual story is by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom Waltz. Tom Waltz, however, like is the guy who um, worked worked with Eastman. Like on the uh, on the IDW um, Ninja Turtles series, which I really did like. So you know, just the fact that you know he's involved with this, you know, it's like that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you look at like it's like a story by three different people, and you think, oh, okay, well, that's that's kind of interesting. But then you look at and then you look at the script, and it's like Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. Oh, okay, so you know, Laird is isn't involved in the actual scripting of the series okay so maybe he's like you know working with uh also working with um eastman on, t- on terms of the uh actual art on this series thing like he did in the original series well no because um the series has the pencils and inks credits by four different artists um isao escorza and isaac escorza who provide the bulk of the art for the series in the uh in the present day in, in the present day series um ben bishop provides the art for the for the pat for some of the flashback sequences and eastman himself who does um specific specific um flashback sequences also eastman is credited specifically with um layouts so on one hand like you got eastman like you know like being kind of chief art director here and he's kind of like you know directing like all the other artists you know like in terms of, like you know what's actually going on in this but in terms of, like you know if you're going is expecting like hey this is like the like a main series by the uh co-creators of ninja turtles working together again no that's that's not really what the credits page implies basically this is like a from what i was what i've been led to understand this is basically just 
like Laird is only getting credits here because you know he and um, Eastman came up with like this basic idea for the for the last Ronin way back when the turtles were originally created, and um, you know like he's credited here because you know like well he kind of has to be because like it was kind of his his story. In fact, um, he only if you're looking at the in terms of the afterward, um, uh, Laird only gets like you know one line of credits. Like in terms of like you know like uh, Eastman's just saying like hey you know I want to dedicate this book to my my awesome co-creator it's like um Peter Laird and th that's it so it gets, it's one of those things where, like you know, kind of like if you're like it's it's not really like a uh, an Eastman Laird like you know like um book it's basically like you know Kevin Eastman you know in the director's chair and a bunch of other guys talented other people you know just kind of following his lead. So I don't know. It's like Myron, do you have any like thoughts on that or uh, nothing as as far as particular to like you know uh, Peter, Peter's involvement in this? I I I feel like you know uh, what I've kept up with so far uh, with some of these uh, single issues in the IDW uh, series. It seems like Kevin Eastman has been way more heavily involved in the Turtles franchise than than Peter. Um, but that episode of, uh, the toys that made us involving the Ninja Turtles, as you mentioned, I mean, if you have not seen that yet, I mean, I highly recommend, you know, watching all the episodes, but, you know, particularly this one with the turtles, I mean, it's very interesting to just see how the two just came up with this, this idea as almost kind of a joke. And then it blew up into something of a of a multinational pop culture phenomenon, you know, and, and I remember specifically in that episode, uh, Kevin Eastman drew a, a picture of a turtle and it was like, you know, an actual like turtle you'd find at a pet store with a bandana and a pair of nunchucks, uh, just to make Peter laugh. Um, and, uh, mm -hmm. and the idea just kind of spun off from there. So, I mean, it, it, it was two best friends, you know, doing doing what they loved you know drawing and 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 and, and creating storylines that you know blew up into a franchise that you know we all know and love so it is kind of surprising to hear you know after we spoke about this in our you know conversation earlier that you know yeah peter lee uh, peter laird was uh obviously credited for the story i mean it's an idea that they had many many uh years ago but that he didn't actually have any real involvement in it and I think, you know, like you said, I think he kind of, after selling off the rice of the turtles to Nickelodeon, just kind of like, you know, washed his, washed his hands of it and, you know, um, didn't, didn't really get involved in, in, in the, you know, turtles as much anymore. But, uh, now with this, with this team that we have here, I mean, it's, it, it feels like turtles and, and it's phenomenal. Like I, I'd never heard of the, uh, Escorza brothers before, but uh, Esau and Isaac's artwork in like the present day is like phenomenal, and it feels like turtles to me. Like you know, the characters look gritty and battle and and and, and battered. Um, you know, uh, you know, going going through this war, and it does and it does give me a sense of like a modern day, I guess Eastman kind of style, where you know back in back in the eighties, you know, the original turtle series like New York is you know, very gritty and very, uh, you know, very dangerous place to be. I mean, that was kind of like the, the perception of 
actual New York back in the eighties anyway, you know, one of the most da dangerous cities to live in in America, but uh, the way Eastman captured it in those old school comics, like, man, like this place is so dangerous and so gritty and overrun by gangs. Like it, it takes these four mutant turtles to fight crime and, and try to bring about some peace, you know, to the citizens that hate, hate on them. But at the same time, as they're bringing peace around the city, there's this, there's this war that they're fighting on behalf of their family line that has been going on for generations that they're doing at the same time. And so I feel like these modern day artists uh, really stayed true to the content and the storyline that the turtles represent. Yeah. I think that um, the scores of brothers art is it's like, is pretty solid. Like over the, it's like over the course of the series, as well as um, Ben Bishop's work, it's like in the in the flashback stuff as well. It's like it's not as as gritty or sharp edged. It's like it does feel like it's like a little bit softer. But I think that's kind of appropriate for like a I guess something that's it's like slightly more idyllic than um than the pre than the uh, present day sequences. But yeah, it's like um talk about you know like Eastman and Laird's work back in the day. It's like I got the uh, Ninja Turtles um, Ultimate Collection a couple like um, a couple of weeks back from, from Amazon during one of their buy two, get one free sales. And you know, it's like, it, it's pretty solid. And it's also interesting to read the annotations from, from Laird and Eastman, but and how it talks about that, like, you know, they're probably like really like, they're just like real co-creators there. It's like, you know, like, uh, like they couldn't actually like, you know, tell you like who, who did what, like, you know, they were just like both, both working on like inking and penciling. Like together and that's it's like a really like you know in, like interesting part partnership right par partnership right there but um as far as like the like the actual getting back to actual um the last ronin well this is basically you know their attempt to do um like you know it's kind of like the like a dark knight returns type type story for like for the ninja turtles basically a story where you know you've got like you know like the last um, Ninja Turtle, last surviving Ninja Turtle, because all the other ones are dead. And the story starts off with this Ninja Turtle who is basically being, who's also being, uh, you know, visited by, like, like by, um, like, not, not, not necessarily visions, but, you know, just, um, it's like, you know, like, uh, like haunt, like haunting, um, like narr narrations from his, it's like you know, from his from his um from his dead brothers, and he's basically you know gone to um to in, like to uh, try and infiltrate a uh, like a walled off, walled off Manhattan Island, which has basically been taken over taken over by the Foot Clan in terms of like a a like a fascist dominion. Basically, like the Foot Clan won. It's like and you got this one last Ninja Turtle who is like you know trying to you know who's going to like, you know going on a suicide run in order to take out you know like its leader who's basically um like the, the grandson of Shred of shredder um Hir it's like um hiroto it's like um it's like hiroto oku uh, it's like hiroto uh, uh Os uh, osaka uh oroku 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 hiroto oroku yeah hiroto oroku yeah because like they're doing they're following the japanese um tradition of like you know last name first first like first name last like hiroto has basically you know like I said, it was a fascist fascist reign over, over like over over Manhattan Island, and you know this last this turtle is basically going 
you know, to take, try and take him out. And especially what the first issue is all about. It's like, it's this, what this, it's this, it's this turtle who is just basically like, you know, just like, it's like, he's, it's like, he's get gathering, gathering his wits, gathering his weapons. And it's just like, it basically a pure action story of him just, you know, infiltrating the Island, you know, like stealing this necessary vehicles and then just, you know, fighting his way to the, uh, like, um, to, to Hiroto in order to take him out, except it doesn't go, um, that, like, as well as he planned. It's like, to the point where it's like, you know, he does, you know, get kind of close, but then, you know, like, um, some of Hiroto's security measures get the better of him. And it's like, and when he, and when this turtle realizes that, you know, he's, he wasn't able to get as close as he was, well, then he basically makes preparations to perform from seppuku. It's like our ritual suicide in terms of failing. Um, what in his task but he doesn't actually get to do that because he passes out before he can do that and he's basically rescued by um the daughter of um, april o'neill and casey jones who's also named casey and she and she basically takes him back to it's like to their un underground sewer lair where it's revealed that april o'neill is still alive it's like much older now and that the last ronin is actually well I guess you know now's a good time. You know, time to say it um, beforehand, but well, we're going full spoilers here, everyone. Well, before 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 you go to that, may I say something about that before the revelation? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that was the most interesting thing that I found about this first book or this first issue was that it kept the reader guessing who is this turtle because this turtle, you know, when, when we were introduced to the turtles, we were introduced to the turtles. Uh, by their differentiating colored masks and, of course, the uh, first initial on their belt so you know who was what. And, of course, we gained, you know, we, we became accustomed to their personality to where, like, if they didn't have their mask, we knew who was who. But based in this gritty future and based on the on the seriousness of the suicide mission, like, that's what I enjoyed about this first issue is that you kept it, it, it kept you guessing on who was the last surviving turtle. Because the last Ronin had all four weapons, and 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 based off of his dialogue and his interactions and the way he approached this suicide mission, trying to infiltrate uh, Oroku Tower, like I had, I had two thoughts on who it w would possibly be, and who it ended up being like was way far from it. And so that's what I liked about reading about this first issue because it's like, oh, dude, like I bet you it's this turtle. I bet it's this. And it, when it's revealed, it's like, oh crap, I didn't know that. So please continue, sir. Okay, it's like basically it's like you know I I think that you know your thoughts, my thoughts on like who this um, turtle was. You know, it was either Raphael or it was Raphael because you know like this this like he was like so like so serious and mm -hmm. so determined in terms of, like his mindset that you think it would have to be him that's who i thought it was but no it's actually michelangelo which i'm going to say is kind of the start of this series's problems mm. cuz you know it's like i mean like i i mean i don't get me wrong i like michelangelo but at the same time it's like to basically say that, you know, like he's basically been, you know, broken down into this, like, you know, serious driven, um, like, um, person, like, like someone who was like, who was like, is, is just trying to like, you know, like, like take out this, like, um, execute this mission, like to the, without regard to like his own, 
zone safety and basically saying, okay, it's like if I'm going to, if I fail, then I'm going to like kill myself as a result. Then, you know, it's like, I don't know, that that's that's not Michelangelo, like to me. It's like, and also, I guess, you know, it's like the series also like has me think about, you know, what would, what is a proper um, ninja, like last Ninja Stroll series? Like, what, what um, is like, you know, their, is like is like their final that final thing because like I think that you know like the Dark Knight Returns for its time like presents a, a compelling like you know picture of like you know of Batman's final final art because you basically kind of because you don't have like hard time believing that Batman would just you know like do all this stuff on his own terms um to like to the detriment of every, everyone else around him that's kind of like you know the belief of Batman at the time these days I think that. A lot of the Batman stories since have basically, like, you know, portrayed him as a, as more of a like as someone who actually is more of a, a, a family man, or someone who actually does have more of an, a consideration of the uh, the Bat family around him. With the Ninja Turtles, I mean, like they were kind of like a family from the start, so it's kind of like you know to say to say that you know like all of them would, everyone else would die, and that you know one, you know. Like there's really gonna be like one like who's gonna like survive and try you know try to like you know preserve their honor as a result. I don't know. It's like I mean, I can understand that, but I can't really say that that's kind of like a uh, that that's like the uh, turtle story that I would like you know be invested in like in reading. Well, at least for me, like I I can kind of I I see your point and like. I will admit at first with the revelation that it was Michelangelo, not that I was disappointed, but I was like, oh well, you know. I, I mean, I kind of... it, it, it could have been anyone, really, it... with how they were, like, you know, portraying like the, the character up to this point. Right, but we're we're so accustomed to Michelangelo kind of being the the party dude, the the jokester, the non serious, or the you know the not ser- so serious one, to where like seeing the demeanor that we were introduced to, it was kind of hard to correlate that with that character. But then as the story as the story progressed, it kind of made a little bit more sense to me. Uh, on why his demeanor, his character, and his personality is a little bit more gritty, because you know he, I, I feel I feel like he is trying to deal with survivor's guilt in a way. Um, you know, like we see, and we'll dive deeper as we talk along, but we see we see how each turtle, you know, uh, met their fate with this uh, uh, with this war, and as you mentioned before, where he would see his brothers. I, I got the I got the inclination that you know obviously like every turtle had their strengths like you know Leonardo was very you know he was a leader good at assessing situations and coming coming up with plans Donatello obviously was the intelligent you know uh, scientific yeah like ty- scientific tech guy and Raphael was like the badass bruiser no matter what situation he could fight his way out of any situation. And Michelangelo kind of be Michelangelo has always been kind of considered like the runt of the group and almost like the follower. Like he's just good at following orders. Well, he's the kind of guy he can be a good booster to any any of them. You know, it's like he's the kind of guy. You know, once that you know, like once they they the other turtles like set out their plan. Like you know, Michelangelo is the guy kind of guy who says like, yo, you know what? I this is this is what I'm going to follow. I mean, one I think one of the definitive moments in the IDW series is in is in issue 50 when um splinter you know it's like basically assumes control of the foot clan and michelangelo go basically goes no this is this is not what i want it's like and i thought that was 
you know, that that's kind of like a pretty pretty solid moment for the character in terms of like, you know, what, you know, what establishes his priorities and all. Yeah, but then like with with this storyline too, it's like, you know, I I feel like, you know, not only is he, you know, trying to um you know, restore, quote unquote, you know, restore his family honor by mm-hmm. carrying, carrying out this mission and carrying out this destiny. But at the same time, you know, we saw how he survived, you know, that battle in New York. And then of course, like, you know, he, he drifted off to Japan to try to find, you know, and I think you bring up a good point. Like he, he, he flew out to Japan to try to find Splinter and Donatello. Like he, he's that, he's that good support system. And when he finds out that he lost everything, you know, he he went to the mountains and disappeared and meditated and tried to recollect on, I guess, who he is and how he plays, how his role needs to be played out, not only within the overall family, but within the overall mission. Like, you know, aside from being a jokester and a, and, and, and the party dude and a good support system for the overall team and overall family, he needs to figure out like what he needs to do to uh what he needs to bring to the table to add value to the overall mission in, in the defeat of, you know, the Oroku or, you know, foot clan. And so that's where he comes up with this idea, you know, whether, you know, kind of a bad idea, like, Oh, I'm just going to bum rush this tower and, you know, take, you know, take out, uh, you know, Hiroto on my own and through each, you know, through each issue and, and, and a lot of scenes that we see with Michelangelo, talking to the spirits of his brothers, you know, his brothers are, you know, not necessarily criticizing, but just telling them like, all right, Mikey, you know, plan didn't work. What are we going to do now? You know, or that was a dumb plan, Mikey, you should have thought this through. And his brothers are still kind of teaching him in death, you know? So like, I, I liked how that all fleshed out and really uh, shaped and showed us how Michelangelo kind of became a little bit more serious and left the jokes aside and just kind of hardened up and focused on what he needed to do and what his focus needed to be. And luckily, like you mentioned, April was still alive and Casey Marie was there to kind of help ream in that focus because like after they found him and healed him up, it's like, Oh, your plan was just to just waltz on in there and just, you know, wreck up the place. Like, you know, that didn't work out. What what are we going to do now, Michelangelo? How, how do we go about this? And of course, like, getting those flashbacks and those uh, background sequences on how we got to this point allowed him to, you know, not only like, you know, get his thoughts together and come up with a, you know, a better strategy on how to approach this, but then also he had a family and a team to work with again in April and the rest of the resistance and also took on a, um, a Padawan or, or, or a student <laughs> and, and Casey Marie. And so now he's kind of playing like, the splinter role, so to speak, and having to, you know, he he's having to teach those lessons that he's been taught all his life. And of course, like when you start teaching those lessons, I think they start kind of hitting you, hitting you in the heart more or, or solidifying your understanding. Like, Oh man, this is, this is what splinter meant all these years now that I'm teaching it to somebody else. And he was able to apply that, you know, in his, in his final run. Yeah, it's like on one hand, I get what you're what you're saying right there, and it like also underlines the fact that I don't think that the uh, overall storytelling for the series is necessarily bad. It's like I mean, it's it's a solid it's a solid or competent take on the whole like you know dark Dark Knight style of um 
like of storytelling. But at the same time, I guess for me, it's like it's not really what I wanted to see. Like as far as a a, a final Ninja Turtle Ninja Turtle story, it's like it just kind of feels excessively like grim. It's like and kind of a downer, like for a series that you know just that was like that was like like initially it's like initially really it's like really goofy it's like and like you know kind of kind of optimistic it's like oh it's like overall i mean it's like i can it's not that i can't understand that you know like michelangelo would be just be broken down by the death of his family but i just think that like you know the death of his family is just like a really grim it's like a kind of depressing thing like you know for the story for the story to engage with i mean like yeah the series like you know I mean, on one hand, it's like you know, like Raphael's death. It's like I, you know, I can I can get that, and so that he would, be just, yeah, it's like he would just be like that kind of like driven, driven by rage. It's like to try and take out, um, it's like Oroku, um, Karai Oroku, to like as as a like as 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 a revenge as a revenge kill. But um, even though he doesn't quite um, like pull that off, but then you get the uh, the bits where like you know like the uh, like where the Foot Clan manages to take out um, both Leonardo and it's like and Casey Jones, and you're just kind of like, man, that's just just grim. It's like, yeah, it's like after, especially after coming off of playing, uh, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge on Switch, you know, which is that that kind of lighthearted Turtles vibe that we got. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you said. Raphael's death was cold blooded, dude. Like when I when I read that, I was like, man, like that is like a cold way to go. Um, and and of course, like it it fits it, it his death kind of fits his character going lone wolf and get wanting to get revenge. It's like, no, dude, like mm-hmm. don't go at it alone. Like th- th- I don't I feel like you're not gonna come back from this one. And sure enough, he didn't. And like you said, to see Casey Jones and and, and Leonardo go out in this you know, final, final, um, I guess, defense against, uh, you know, the Foot Clan forces and actually oh, the Foot see Clan that. and, and, um, Baxter Stockman, because he's basically sending all of his, yep. his master army against them to get, um, the, like, um, the fugitoid, like, yep. in his, like, in his knowledge as well. And to see, and to see that death scene, it's like, uh, you, you got to remember, though, too, like, when Kevin Eastman and Pierre Liard created this comic book, it was meant to be dark. And, you know, we're, we're more accustomed to the lighthearted fun turtles. So I had to keep that perspective in mind as I was reading it. But I was like, damn, dude, like I didn't really expect to, you know, I agree with you, like in the sense like, yeah, this was a dark storyline to like kind of close out the turtles, you know, story. But, uh, you know, it, it it was very interesting to see like, you know, at, you know, these turtles, obviously, you know, you know, they're they're mortal beings they are not going to live forever. But to see them go out the way they did, you know, and and be defeated, it just kind of was like a kick kick in the heart, you know. When these are the heroes we expected to, you know, win the day, you know, no matter what, um, you know, each turtle died without, you know, fulfilling the overall mission. Yeah, it's like, on one hand, I get what you're saying there, but you know, it's like as someone who just like you know came to the comics, um, like you know, much much later. It's like a uh, much later than you know. Like I came to the like the uh, animated series and the in uh, the movies. You know, it's like I don't think that the uh, it's like the uh, original the original comics are it's like are really that dark, especially after 
after rereading them. I mean, this is a series. This is like a, uh, I mean, like original series. In the original series, I mean, there's like a big, like the one of the big um, things about it, like in is in episode three when like they have a, a big ass like you know, car chase sequence, um, because like you know the cops mistake the uh, April's van for like a the van of some bank robbers, and it's like oh, it's a huge mix up, hilarious, and then. And a couple of issues later, it's like, you know, they've got, they, they want to be getting, um, beamed out to like a, uh, like a, like a far off, like, you know, um, like part in the cosmos type to go on like a, um, like a big old Star Trek, Star, uh, Star Wars style, style adventure. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, I mean, this may, this stuff may have seen like, you know, dark, you know, for like, you know, the eighties, but reading it now, it just kind of feels like, you know, appreciably Especially goofy in my, it's like it's like in my feeling, and it's like in like you know for them to try and like you know, like go and like go and show like all the characters like oh this is like how oh, they all die. It's like this kind of like it makes me go. It's like, uh yeah. It's like I can see where you're going with this, but I can't really like go go with you. It's like and and see you you just bring up a good point right there too. Like the one thing that was missing from this last Ronin storyline was like. You know, Krang and the uh, Utrons and you know Dimension X and and the whole fat you know sci science fiction fantasy side of the Ninja Turtles. Like this was like like this storyline was just straight up like Ninja Warfare. Mm -hmm. And also, I think that you know if, if I'm gonna like say like you know what is like the most disappointing thing about about the storyline, and that's um, basically about um, Hirotu Oroku himself. Because I agree with, I was going to, yep, I agree with you. I was going to say that too. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, he is just, you know, it's like a, uh, it's like a, a one, a one note, um, like ir irritating fascist, fascist villain who was just like, oh my God. It's like the, the, like the mutants are back. Oh, we've got to kill them. It's like, oh, and if you don't kill them, then I'm going to put your head on a pike. Just like I did for my previous, previous head of security. It's like, he is just like a annoying one note, um, fascist villain. Like who? It's like you know, think that like Shred, like you know, Shredder would have looked at them and go like, "Oh my God, you're my grandson." It's like, it's like you were just so annoying. I mean, why not just like you know, bring back you know, you know the Shredder like for this one final attack? Because you know, like he would have, he would have been like a probably more thematically appropriate um villain, especially since you know, like Hirotu is just like you know, so so annoying and so just you know, like one note in terms of his. In terms of his, his villainy, I think I think the scene, yeah, I think the scene that really disappointed me at, uh, with him as a villain, I can't remember what issue it was. It was either two or three, where he was kind of standing on a beam of his tower and kind of talking. Uh, yeah, to Yeah, there was episode th issue three or something. Yeah, where he was standing on a beam in his tower and like saying like I'm a god, and, you know, I rule this city, and like nobody can stop me, and it's like. I don't know, dude. You're kind of sounding very Kylo Ren right now. Like, try, like, <laughs> like you're, you're trying, you're trying to outdo your grandfather, and you're trying to outdo your mother. I really don't understand like your overall drive in 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 what you're doing. Like, obviously, you think you're a god and you want to rule everything. It's very, you know, mustache twirly villain. But it's not mm -hmm. like you're trying to bring honor to the Foot Clan or even trying to avenge your grandfather because he outright said. You know, he's better than them and he hates his mom. And so, like, you know, I, I love the end fight scene. Like, that was cool. But, I mean, as a villain overall, like you said, um, he really wasn't as, like, he really wasn't as powerful. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have that connection 
to to the protagonist as much as like shredder had with you know uh splinter you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah that that was a little disappointing um as far as like his character as a villain and it's almost like they have to fight each other because you know it's it's always been said like they just have to fight each other yeah you know, it's like yeah it's no got a reason it's the hamato versus the Iroko clan it's like we've got to like you know have that final showdown between between them and it also it, and just the fact that you know like um hiroto is just like such a subpar villain before we get to like issue four i'm pretty sure it's issue four where we find out just you know how splinter and donatello died because you know they were like they had basically accept like we're talking had accepted like you know his you know like um like entreaty for peace and you think like oh okay but oh no it turns out that it's it was actually a lie all the time it's like god damn it guys it's like you would think that you know like you would in you know, one hand like splinter expresses like a certain amount of skepticism you know going into this but at the same time you kind of think he, he would have like you know appreciated expected more going into it to the point where he would have realized that oh my god this is like a giant giant, giant um trap by my what by the uh, head by the head of like the uh of the clan that is in like my longtime nemesis so clearly i need to like you know prepare you know like more beforehand but nope that's not what happens and it's just kind of like oh man it's just, it's just so frustrating to see you know to see splinter and donatello take taken out like in that fashion to the point where you just think that my god guys just think think a little bit more beforehand yeah, no, I, I agree with that too. Cause like, <clears throat> I remember that scene where like you know they they meet in they meet in uh what the cemetery and mm -hmm. you know uh, the Foot Clan representative was like, oh, this is a peace talks. We said no rep weapons, and and Splinter was like, you know, oh, this is more for decoration with in which you knew he had that on there, you know, for protection because he knew it was going to be a cross, you know, double cross. But then, like you said, it just irritated me. Like, how come how come Clan Yamato uh, Hamato wasn't like you know, you know, hiding in the trees, you know, prepared, prepared for reta retaliation as well. You know, the moment the double cross happened, like you see all these foot soldier or foot clan soldiers come out, you know, firing arrows. And um, the one Hamato uh, uh, general says, you know, go get reinforcements. I'm like, dude, reinforcements should have been like, you know, 20 feet away. Like they yeah. should have they, they been close by. Like, why do they got to go back to the village to get it? And you, you read that scene and it's like, you know, Splinter and Donatello didn't have to die. Like they died because, you know, they weren't they they weren't thinking. And 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 and, and I tried to, you know, I try to rationalize it and I'm like, yeah, I guess like, you know, they genuinely were gonna try to give peace a try and they only had like a handful of representatives from, you know, the clan, you know, from Hamato clan come out, but dude, this is this is the foot clan you've had beef with for like hundreds of years. And I don't know if peace talks were, you know, previously, you know, brought up in other reincarnations of the storyline, but you know, your most hated enemy who's, you know, his grandfather lied a lot. <laughs> his mother lied a lot. You got to imagine he's going to lie too. So like be prepared. This is balls level dumb. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I, I get what you're saying. There, there were part, like overall, I liked this this story. I love this series because uh, it's turtles. But there were parts where I'm like, oh man, some some parts of the story, like you know, didn't you know, weren't really fleshed out that well, or or, or uh, 
you know, could have been thought out a little bit more to uh, justify why some of these decisions were made. Cause then it's like, yeah, I would think, you know, Splinter would be wise enough to not fall for one of the oldest tricks in the book and to die like that. Yeah. It's like, I think I me, mean, like, I ultimately, it's like, I mean, like, I, I can't hate this, um, the, the series because I think it's like, it's too well, like the, the, like there's too much effort made into like, you know, it's like, you know, into present, present, presenting its story. It's like, in trying to like, you know, it's like sell the, like the ideas that it's like it's presenting. But at the same time, it's like, it also commits like, you know, one of the worst sins that I think like a comic book can permit, can, um, can commit like, as far as I'm concerned. And that's making me think that I could have like, you know, done a better, done a better job in terms of the story because, Okay, to give you an idea of like how I would have done this, you know, it's like it wouldn't have involved, you know, like all the turtles dying. It would have involved like, you know, probably like, you know, Splinter, like, you know, Splinter being killed as a result of um like um clan clan Roku um tre um treachery, and then like the turtles, you know, like having to like, you know, like basically being split up as a as a result of that. And like this story basically involved them, you know, trying to come together again. But also, it would have involved um, Hiroto, um, you know, not being the villain of the story. Basically, it's like my my idea for this for this thing would have involved him, you know, basically being a, a pawn of the of of Clan Oroku. Basically, them being like all the uh, like as a as a young kid, like because it, it's it's established like he's basically like yeah he was like a young kid who who inherited the uh, it's like you know the head, like the the leadership of the clan. It's like, and like then then him just like he's going forward with like, oh, I'm gonna kill all the mute, all those mutants and all. It's like, but no, it's like it would basically involved him. It's like you know initially trying to make good on the uh, promise that he that he talked about when he assumed leadership of the clan in the series. Basically, he wanted to make peace, but at the same time, there's no no one else in um, Clan Oroku um wants to um wants to do that they basically you know want to like destroy um clan, clan hamato and that's basically what leads to leads to splinter's death and you know like and eventually like you know like the whole thing would basically lead to um like you know, the turtles basically like you know eventually like you know coming to coming back together as a family like no one dies in my version really and um then when they and when they try to figure try to take out um and before they try to take out um, Hiroto, like Hiroto comes to them, basically says, "No, I don't want to fight you. It's like I want to um, work with you because everyone in my clan is is insane in terms of trying to create continue this fight. I want this fight to end. I like I want peace between our clans. It's like and like ninja solidarity going like going forward because he's he's seen what this has done to his grandfather. He's seen what this, this has done to his mom." And ultimately, like Hiroto basically just you know wants peace going forward. So you basically got you know like finally peace between all the ninja clans. It's like at the end of the story because it's turtles is all about uh, all about you know, friends and family coming together. So but, that's 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 my like version of Last Ronin, but that's not what we got. But but obviously, like I said before, like you know we don't really we don't really know. Um, he wrote those like true motives on like why he's doing what he's doing and his whole drive and purpose. Like 
you know, I feel he wants to be more of a god than he than than wanting to bring honor to the Foot Clan or even putting, you know, the Foot Clan on top of things. It's just all about him. And so it's like, dude, where 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 does this where does this maniacal egotistical like drive like really come from and it doesn't necessarily like give us give us that whole story you know what i'm saying so um yeah i kind of wish he was like maybe maybe if this was like stretched out across like more issues or or whatnot we could have got a little bit more of a fleshing out but um shiroto as a villain um you know not not really as strong as like shredder no nah. it's like and also it's like i think it's kind of telling that you know the final confrontation between him and Michelangelo takes place in a big old mud pit because, hey, you know, it's like, I, what else took place? In, what other class fight took place in a big old mud pit? Oh, right. The fight between um, Batman and the leader of the mutant gang in um, Dark Knight Returns. In It's like in issue two. So like there's like, you know, it's them like leaning into the like the, the whole like, you know, dark, dark Knight homage uh, business that, that got us a series in the first place. Now that, like issue five, you know that final run into like uh, Hiroto's, uh, you know tower, you know another call back to the first the first issue where like Michelangelo had trouble, you know after taking out like, you know Baxter's fortress and Hiroto had no technology or robots to fall fall upon. I love I love like Michelangelo was talking to himself as he was going through the tower, but then we see like scenes of like the foot the foot soldiers like slashed and dead on the ground and he's saying like yeah you know what's wrong with these soldiers like you know they have no fight left in them um you know they know this is they know this is for naught and that you know their master isn't worth fighting for that's why they're being you know so easy to take out and then of course he gets to that big guard in front of the door you know which is probably his like most most challenging and, and it made me think of a video game too like you know like how many pages did it take him to take him take him out like two i think yeah well uh, yeah about two well yeah maybe about one or no i'd say one or two because there was like two fights it was like the big armored dude and then there was like the robot like eagle looking thing yeah and and so it was like it was like a turtles video game like a you know two two mini bosses before you get to the big boss and so um you know, by then Michelangelo has like defeated every everyone left in the tower, every foot member left in the tower, tired and gets to Hiroto. And then, you know, Hiroto is wearing this suit, and I'm like, from his silhouette, I'm like, oh, this looks like a cheesy version of Shredder's suit. <laughs> and sure and sure enough, it's like some skin tight, you know, nano liquid suit. metal. Like so. that that ended up being cool. Like when the liquid metal like came on, I'm like, okay, it's it's better, it's cool, but then it's like you're hearkening back to, you know, a, a suit that your grandfather wore that you said you hate, you hate him, like, or you're better than him, whatever. Oh, and um, let's, not, let's not forget that he basically says like, yo, like my, it's like, I hate my mom. It's like, and then he kills, he kills her comatose body, like before the fight begins. Exactly. And it just like, I'm like, dude, like what, then what's your, what's your overall drive here then? Like just to take a, like take over the world, like thank you thank know. you, Cyber Norman Bates. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like that that build up and that fight was like actually pretty cool. Um, you know, them them fighting on the way down as they're falling through the uh water tower and 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 Michelangelo trying to assess and 
you know, find an open weakness in this, you know, in this nano suit, like, okay, like this is, this is pretty dope right here. But like you said, yeah, the, the culminating final fight sequence takes place in a mud pit similar to uh, the dark Knight, And, um, you know, it's there that, you know, we see uh, Casey Marie come out, you know, master, you know, I, I, you know, I'm here, I'm here to back you up, but then, you know, the battle, the, the war is finally done. Um, and, and we see Michelangelo laying there, um, um, imparting you know, his final, final message, like no peace. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I thought that was kind of, you know, bittersweet, you know, I thought maybe, you know, he would defeat, you know, Hiroto survive and possibly like continue teaching Casey Marie and then, you know, enjoying, cause obviously like April and the church and, and Michelangelo are older. So it's like, you know, I thought he would become, you know, kind of like a new master splinter to her or even, you know, some other mutants. But now nah, we, we see nah, the, the series has to like describe like the most grimmest, darkest interpretation of it's like, oh, the Dark Knight returns. It's like, you know, hey, it's like he's got to die. Hey, it's like he he attacked. It's like he defeated his like his nemesis. But then he, he died in the process. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of fitting, though, too, that he would die. And like he com- he fulfilled his destiny. He completed the mission that he and his family set out. And he now has died and is able to be reunited with his family and i found it so fitting that you know the the ending of the story would see him you know waking up in bed as a teenager with his brothers and and the way the way the pages and the panels are drawn you know it's it's very like uh like the colors are washed out like it like if it's the afterlife Mm -hmm. and 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 you know his brothers are teasing him like okay last one you know, to, to get out, you know, has to do the dishes for a week. And I was like, Hey, you know, I'm not ready. Not fair. And they, and they, you know, do the traditional turtle thing, you know, hop, hop on the buildings and ninja flip off the buildings and just kind of joke around like, what's that smell? It smells like Mikey cut the cheese. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not me. And then you, you hear, I have to agree with Mikey, whoever smelt it, dealt it. And you see Casey Jones, like in the back. And then of course splinter comes. So to see like, to like because i was trying to wonder like is this a dream or what like but then to see like casey and all four turtles and splinter there on the roof like you know it smells like home it's like oh so he is dead and he's finally reunited with his family i thought that was a a fitting way to kind of end end that story like i I really like that um so and and then you know touching kind of touching back you know I, i meant to mention this earlier but one thing that I did love is uh, Kevin Eastman's artwork and certain flashback scenes where like, you know, um, Michelangelo would explain like, you know, what happened when he, you know, left New York or, you know, uh, uh, this sequence, like just having, or when April explained like how she survived, having Eastman do those black and white, like flashback scenes, I thought was like really, really fitting. Um, and, 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 you know, kind of shows like, you know, the past and it represents like his artwork kind of represents, you know, the past to me, because that's who started it all, you know? Yeah. It's like bring, bring the past in, into the present day. It's like, I, yeah, I really liked, you know, his, like, like his art artwork there. It's like, I mean, like on one hand, it's like, you know, it hasn't really changed a whole lot in like no. three, it's like in like almost in close, in close to four decades. But I think that's part, that's definitely part of his appeal right there. It's like, and I appreciate, you know, like his, you know, just the fact that you know hey it's like you know someone who was with the turtles it's like you know in it's like in the beginning is like here to like you know like br- like you know bring their story to an end but 
I don't know. It's like I, I just, I just didn't feel that this this story kind of like, like was like the, uh, it's like it was the um, like ending the, the turtles turtles deserved. It's like it's the, uh, I mean, it's like on one hand, it's like I can understand like you know the need to like like to like show like hey you know like this like we can, the series can like sustain darkness you know we can go we can go dark as well, but I think that you know one of the reasons that um, the Dark Knight Returns you know worked in terms of like, you know, going, going dark for lack of a better term is that you kind of feel that, you know, that was like how Batman's like story was always, you know, going, going to end at least, you know, for that time. And that, you know, a lot of like, you know, creators like you looked at that and thought, Oh man, it's like going dark. That, that, that shit's so impressive. We, what would our series look like if we was going dark as well? And I don't know. It's like, as I, as I went off on earlier, it's like, you know, that's, I, I don't think that, you know, like that's that, you know, Ninja Turtles, like, you know, necessarily works in terms of like, you know, like going like, you know, full, like full dark like that. I think that, you know, it's, it works with embracing, embracing family. It's like with embracing hope. It's like, you know, more than like, you know, say, say Batman does. So I, so in terms of like, you know, like the, the overall story it's telling, I don't know. It's like, I, I mean, I can, res, I can appreciate the fact that, you know, that Eastman, um, Laird, and Waltz were committed to the story that they were telling. I just don't think it's one that works for me in terms of like, you know, what I want to see or what I think represents the, the Turtles the turtle story overall. And you know what? Who, who's to say this is truly the end of the Turtles just because, uh, you know, we, we, see that, we see that there's four Turtles in the epilogue in a, in a little uh, bowl and... Uh, I don't know what April did, you know, because obviously April was drawing blood from Michelangelo earlier. Um, who's to say she's trying to, you know, replicate the same process or, you know, like, like, you know, clone clone their DNA, you know, um, to to new turtles. I, I don't know, but uh, it would be interesting to see a follow up to that. Like, you know, the story ended, and then all of a sudden, you know, I get to this epilogue portion. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And so I'd be very interested to see if they do anything with that. Afterwards. Oh, it's a uh, it's a follow up. You want to see to the last Ronin, Myron? To a degree, yeah, I do. I want to see what what follows up with this. I mean, well, not, not... I, I I can tell you that that's actually something that's going to happen. Oh, that's dope. Okay. What, well, because what, what did you hear? Basically, it was it was announced at the Turtles panel this, at Comic Con this past weekend. That well, they're not going. They're not doing a like, a sequel to this. Like we're not getting like the last Ur or last Esteron in. We're basically getting um so a, a, a like a more like a like a miniseries. Where they're basically going to dive into like um what what uh, Michelangelo was doing. You know, like after the death of after the, after the death of Leonardo Leonardo and Donatello. Like, oh, so it's just, it's just going to flesh. It's basically going to flesh out his you know his his flashback stories. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's cool. But I mean, yeah, I, I do want to see more like, cause I mean, honestly, like as the story progressed, I, I started becoming more interested in, in Casey Marie Jones, like finding out that she, she, she has mutated DNA and, you know, not, not that I thought that was like a lazy storyline or anything, but just, just the way they explain like, oh yeah, you know, due to, you know, me and your father's exposure to the turtles for a long time, you know, we've been expo exposed to the mutagen, and of course, when you were born, your your DNA was mutated. 
So now you have like certain abilities. Like obviously we've seen that she has like, you know, some heightened strength, but mm -hmm. what what else what else could like, you know, come from this? Will, will she be because obviously like uh Michelangelo was like and I guess the rest of the turtles if they were still alive were mutating further the older they got. I mean obviously we mm -hmm. saw like Michelangelo was like super yoked and and you know like really muscular, really big and he and was, had more healing um like factor as well. And and he had more of a healing factor and 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 I guess you know Casey Marie has the same heightened healing and super strength so it'd be interesting to see more to come out of that and at least from what i preserve like what i presumed you know from that epilogue now that she has she's she's trained under michelangelo for a short period of time she has master, she has master splinter's journal like with these new turtles that they're you know cultivating like are they like is she she's going to become their master and, and and train them in the ways of you know uh ninjutsu the hamato way of ninjutsu so it'd be kind of interesting to get, I don't know, like a one shot or something to kind of like, you know, flesh that out. But I mean, the last the last Ronin has been, you know, a popular storyline. It's no surprise that they would continue it in some sort of way. And, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, I mean, we got the gist of what Michelangelo was doing during that time, um, uh, you know, when he when Leonardo and Casey passed away and he, he flew to Japan uh, to meet with Splinter and Donatello. Um, but you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm, 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 I'm game. I'm into it. I mean, I already bought an action figure, so, <laughs> so it's like, might as well, might as well get into more of it. So uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding. So, but I, I kind of wanted to summarize a little bit of what Jason was saying is, mm -hmm. do you think that this is a category mismatch in terms of stories? I, I see. I, I'm not sure if it is or not. So, uh, it appears that it might be just out of character and we're not introduced to this character in this way, uh, at least in past media. So who Casey Marie? No. Or um, Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Yeah. Uh, it, is, is that who he normally is? Or are we just saying like, okay, you forget it. He's just a new character now. And anything you remembered about him before is just bunk in the past. So, yeah to me to me i just i saw it more as like growth than like mismatch like i like I, I totally feel like what jason is saying but then it's like based off based off of the events presented in this story it just kind of make it just kind of made a more uh battle hardened and gritty i mean if you look at if you if you look at batman in the dark knight too you know batman always lived by that code um of like you know i'm not going to sink to their level and and, and you know kill and kill and i never read the original dark knight comic so correct me if i'm wrong here i'm going more based off of that dc animated cartoon but in his in his fight with the joker where he like you know actually killed him like it's like man you should have done that like years ago dude that's not what happened in the dark knight returns that's not what happened basically it's like you know the batman he was all set to kill the joker like in like in the dark returns in the end of issue three, but he just couldn't do it. Damn and it. so, and so basically what happened was the Joker, when he basically like the Joker, he basically broke the Joker's neck, but the Joker was still alive. And mm. like the Joker, when he Joker realized that he was, couldn't kill him, the Joker just like basically twisted himself. So he just snapped his own neck. So basically oh, wow. like every, everyone would realize, that, you know, Oh, the Batman killed Joker. That's, 
that's 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 even more that's even more twisted but you know if if batman that's, that's actually, why like you know the dark knight returns is still a seminal work after all these years if if batman had actually done that you know out of like you know i should have killed you a long time ago and out of like malice i mean that's out of that's actually out of character but based off what you said i mean that's still his character where like i still can't do it whereas like with michelangelo like you know like what we were presented with here is definitely way out of his character but then like you know just seeing how like just how everything affected him like seeing like casey and leonardo like you know die in front of his eyes and having that survivor's guilt and he's like oh dude i gotta go to japan and try to save like you know my father and my brother then he gets there too late and it just like it just kind of like sinks him more into depression like oh man like i i i wasn't there like i wasn't useful like i personally didn't think like i i personally uh didn't think like this was out of character per se i felt like he was he was molded into this this situation and his personality was darkened just because of how just just because of what he's gone through and witnessed i mean like i said before you know michelangelo is kind of like the the runt or the baby of the group and he you know he i've always gotten the impression from the character that he was always reliant on his on his on his brothers like not that he couldn't do anything on his own per se but like you know someone had to step in and save his ass you know from time to time and um i think i think now it was like i i don't have my brothers with me i lost everything what do i do and he had to take that time to reflect when he disappeared and you know meditated in the mountains and everything and i think in one of the flashback scenes too he was talking about how like you know he he you know, by himself, like he was, you know, getting hated on by humans. Like they would say, Hey monster, like, who are you? And like, you know, they would try to kill him because of how he looked and he had to defend himself and take those cats out. And so, you know, he, he had to get that dose of reality where it's like, Hey, no more fun and games and pizza. Like, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta accomplish my family's mission and I gotta take, we gotta take out the Oroku family, you know, once and for all. And that's why, like, when he did this by himself, each time he was beating Hiroto's ass with each one of their weapons, he was like, this one's for Donatello, you know, courtesy of Raphael. You know, Leonardo says hi as he's, like, you know, stabbing Hiroto in, like, the gut. And, you know, he's trying to fulfill not, I, you could say it's revenge, but it's just more so, like, it is revenge, but I, I saw it more so as, like, that, that long-coming justice because this war should have this war should have ended like a long long time ago but you know it, it kept it kept dragging on so i don't know i mean i i don't i personally didn't feel it was out of character i just felt like this is how his character developed given you know the circumstances that went on uh with this war between the hamato clan and the foot clan yeah it's like i mean what hit i it's not that i think that's that's not that what you're saying is like isn't an invalid you know like um depiction of like you know how the you know the turtle saga should end i don't know it's just not how i how how i feel it how i feel it should end it's like it's just it's just it's too it's too grim it's like it's too it's too dark and just i don't know it's like it just doesn't feel like you know like true like like true to the like the uh, at least my experience with with the turtles I mean, but that you know that's just me so 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 so, so, yeah, so that's what i that's kind of what i was kind of getting at jason it, is like 
I mean, but based on what supposition or what what would make you think that this is not like the way that you think it should have ended? That it, it like it being too dark, for example. That's why I'm curious. Oh, it's like what how, like how like how dark would things have have to get in order for this to to be a valid you know like uh, ending for the turtles uh more like um so you know if you had that impression what gave you the impression that it couldn't go that dark or maybe that's a different way of saying it ah well i think like you know the triceratops triceratons in space is kind of like a uh <laughs> like indication of like you know how like you know oh my god it's like you know this is like this is like a really goofy series that you know it's like like shouldn't be um that 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 you know like okay that that it's like it shouldn't be like you know that crazy i mean like casey jones is introduced to us in the Raphael one shot as a guy who's who's watched too many cop shows and thinks like oh my god it's like i should go out and like you know like fight crime myself i'm gonna go do that and then he like r runs into Raphael. Like and like you know they form like a life, like a lifetime friendship. You know, in terms of like you know mediating out that you know that the idea of like a dude who's watched too many cop shows being a vigilante. Hmm. So I think it's, I mean like the series basically like did like always struck me as like being like you know kind of it's like kind of goofy, kind of kind of over the top, and just to yeah. say and I can't it's not that I can't as I said before I can't it's not that I can't understand the appeal of like going dark. You know, like for like a uh, for a really goofy series in order to give it depth, but I mean, the last run just feels kind of like, oh my god, it's like we're just gonna like like take like the the darkest, um, like you know, like interpretation possible. Like we're gonna like, kill all the turtles before like the series starts. It's like, and I think that at least for me, if you're going to like try and go dark, there's like one cardinal rule that needs to be like observed. It's that the light at the end of the tunnel is the actual exit. It's actually hope, but it's also has to be, but it's also only there to distract you from the train that's coming up to, to hit you from behind. Hmm. So okay. like, basically it's like, you know, to just basically, you know, put all that stuff out, out there at the beginning, like, you know, the turtles are dead. Oh, Michelangelo is it's like only Michelangelo lives. It's like, and the, the foot clan is like, you know, it has a fascist state in um, like on Manhattan Island. It's like, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. It's like that's that makes sense. So it's like it's not like the uh, like the surprise or like the ingenuity that need that that kind of kind of going dark needs needs in order to work for me. I guess I guess for our correlating understanding, John, this would based off what Jason's saying. I think the equivalent would be like the Autobots can't be led by anybody but Optimus Prime. Yet we saw his ass get shot and and turn black and die. And it's like, dude, you can't have, you know. I love Rod. I love Rodimus Prime, dude. But you're, you're no Optimus. And obviously, everybody felt the same way. To where, oh yeah, we just brought his ass back to life because we weren't making money on toys anymore. And uh, yeah, the kids, the kids weren't having that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I kind, I kind of get the picture. It's like, you know, like, like. In correlating with the Transformers, the movie, it's like, yeah, I mean, they're robots that could be fixed. They can't die, but apparently, a lot of them got written off and died, um, at least in the in the U.S. series. But you know, I, I get, I get, I do get your point of view where, like, when you think about the Ninja Turtles, 
this isn't the type of like direction you would technically envision or or see happening especially especially with the way we grew up with the franchise and the brand like it, it is kind of like it is kind of hard to imagine that they that they went this route as a finale mm. well they're dark is always an interesting path to take mm -hmm. um yeah. but i mean like you know uh, so but let's kind of back up my analysis just a little bit. Was the original like comics that uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird wrote? What I I I was under the impression that there was it was more like a um, like a um, I won't say parody, but there's there there were, it wasn't like like serious like they didn't they, like um, but it was kind of done in in a spirit of fun, right? Yeah, it's like I, I was like I, I think it was at least reading the uh, original like seven issues and the Raphael one shot, like mm -hmm. like does get I mean like it's you know not I mean it's like it's a little I mean yeah it is a little darker than you expect like from say eighties like, like compared to like eighties Marvel and DC, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know it's like I mean reading it now it's like you know it's still you know really really kind of goofy as it is but you know I mean I say goofy but it's not bad. It's something I still right. enjoyed. It's something I still enjoyed reading, but you know, it's like, it's not like, you know, like the whole, like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, so dark and interesting that it makes me like, you know, like that, that, you know, like, I think that this is like, you know, so much better than like, you know, X-Men or like, or Batman or like, you know, Superman of the era, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but I mean, like I said, I, I didn't hate the last run. I just think that you know, it's kind of it's only kind of disappointing, and not not just like you know, like the the Ninja Turtles end that I that I was expecting or or want wanted to read, or that it kind of like you know made me want to like you know fully buy into its like you know ultra dark ending for the characters. Mm. They they need a they need a crang. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't have hurt, I guess. Because even because even even Baxter Stockman was like way darker than I imagined or knew him to be. You know, like, um, you know, his, his time in the past when he was like sending out the Mousers and, and his robots to destroy uh, the turtles in New York, and then seeing him in the present or future, whatever you want to call it, where he was like, you know, more of a cyborg. Yeah, more of a cyborg than he was a man, and just like you know, really, you know, he he had his fortress and his territory, and you know, Hiroto had his tower and his territory, and they both, you know, worked together, you know, uh, reluctantly to to to, I guess, keep their you know keep New York under their thumb, but you know, he was very vicious in the way he was trying to, you know kill the resistance and you know keep his keep his quote-unquote kingdom his robot kingdom uh in power so it was it it was a darker tone for that character than what i'm accustomed to yeah and i wouldn't have any <clears throat> um i think that um i i tend to agree with jason on this but um you know i i can see uh some of your points of view as well Martin. so it's like a it's a very yeah, it's dark. Um, and um, 
and I didn't really get a lot of character out of him. I, yeah, and I know that that you know you got a, um, you know it's like okay, well he's hardened now. Okay, I I, I, I get that. Um, uh, but it definitely you know there's very little to any levity in this. It's just like it's just dark. And I don't think that that's the same kind of material that we're used to seeing from from this type from this series, right? So I think that, that I can see that point of view as well. So um, overall, it's I think you know um, me personally, I was like, okay, if you're a diehard teenage mutant ninja turtles fan, um, yeah, I would say definitely. You know, you probably want to add this to your collection, sure. Um, but even the title itself, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and every time I think about it, why do I think about pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no pizza here. Well, because they, 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 way they, at the end is there pizza? I was looking for it. Well, because they were they were the pizza marketing geniuses back in the mm -hmm. '80s, dude, with like Pizza Hut, you know, promos and everything, and mm -hmm. yeah, Dom Domino's deals in the movies, yep. like they. They were the best. They were the ambassadors of that food. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and there's some there's some things that are kind of key that I understand about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that are missing out of here. And, but they kind of hit on it. The mutagen, yeah, okay, you know, some was absorbed, and April evidently lost some limbs <laughs> in you know in the explosion. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's like oh, okay, so we got those things, and you know. Uh, I don't know how fast those turtles grow, um, but fast uh, you enough know. for the story to uh, to utilize them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That, I mean, that's the that's the ultimate writer's answer, right? It's like <laughs> as as fast as we want to, right? So, um, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, um, I think that's a danger with some of the dark stories is like is sapping it out of the levity, where you know we're normally that's something that was a key component of, of the story. And yeah, um, uh, you know, good, but dark. I think that's a, yeah, like I said, kind of side with Jason's opinion on this one. Um, like I said, and I'm probably missing out on a lot of the references as I gave my disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> one thing I do want to mention in terms of references is um they can issue in the second issue when um Raphael is going off on his like you know crusade to uh to end um Karai Oroku. Mm -hmm. Um, he uh, it's like there are a couple of dudes on who are riding the subway who like look at him and go, who look at him and go, Whoa, it's like, what is that? It's like, I, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like that's basically that is basically like um Eastman and Laird right there. I see. I was looking for Rocksteady and Bebop, but didn't see them either. Yeah, it's like I. I I I kind of miss them. I I really miss them too in terms of this just overall story really. Yeah. You know, that's part of what I was mentioning with the whole, you know, like oh okay, yeah, I know that someone mentioned Krang earlier, so what? All right. Hmm. And it's like, okay, some of the villains I'm used to seeing. Um this is just strictly in these two families and I got I think uh, some of the flashback art's fun. Um you know, uh, yeah, it, you know, um, and it looks good. So, and uh, the hardcover is a nice volume to put on your shelf. So, uh, what, what's your overall summaries of it, gentlemen? So, 
pass buy what i recommend a buy like i i really did uh i really did enjoy reading uh reading reading this series i i know like maybe by like uh i think issue two and three there was a little slowdown for me like with a little bit of the backstory but i know that they're kind of covering more of like you know how each turtle uh met their demise and kind of building that up but overall you know i thought you know i thought this was a good uh turtle story to read a different different uh point of view different interpretation and you know you know what if you know just like i said you know we're accustomed to our turtles you know from the uh 80s and 90s and you know we never really got like true closure on that um you know so it's interesting to see like what would happen you know once they reach their adulthood years um so i i i honestly recommend the buy you know the artwork in this i i think is awesome um and uh yeah i mean definitely worth having in your collection i'm i'm gonna say pass because like i said it's, it's like i said it's it's too dark and just like not imaginably dark dark enough to like really like to really get me involved involved in it it's like i like it's it just kind of feels like it's like a couple of guys who read um the dark knight returns and like oh my god it's like you know we just got to take our series dark as well and it doesn't it doesn't work work in the same way honestly if you have like 30 bucks to spend on a uh, ninja scroll story then i would just recommend buying the uh ultimate collection of the first like of the first seven issues um because I, I think that's a that's that's a even though like like those those stories are closing in on forty years old. God, I feel old. Um, yeah. It's it's like it's I think they're like a much better um, representation of like you know what's you know what what to enjoy about the Ninja Turtles and you know what like how, how much more entertaining, entertaining they can be. All right. Well. Cool. Um, so, Jason. What are you going to be talking about next time? Do you know? Okay. Well, next time is likely going to be uh, my thoughts on Robert Kirkman's latest series, Oblivion Song. But, hey, Myron. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you remember um, No One Left to Fight? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They're continuing that? Yeah. Like, second volume is out right now. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll probably be probably too much to, like, you know, like ask you and Rob to just, you know, read this right now. But um volume two is out, so it's like I think, you know, like I'd want to get your thoughts on on that as well, because that might be the last we hear about um American Dragon Ball, which I think based on the first volume, kind of kind of disappointing, but let's see what um we have to say about volume two. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, take a look and pick that one up. I did enjoy the first one. Cool. All right. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Myron, for joining. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Comet Picks by the Glick. Right. Later, everyone. Later. Thanks for having me, fellas. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm.